It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And we're here to talk about uh, ASU's victory over the Bishop Sycamore Thunderbirds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mighty Southern Utah came into town. and After playing well, we a week ago, yeah. or, or right. less than a week ago. Five days, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, we got a win, and it was a comfortable win. But it, it uh, you know, one of the things we both hammered going into the game was like you wanted it to be a, a clean game and a kind of, you know, very smooth. And it, I don't think it was that. No. Um, ASU bright spots. Let's start bright spots. Sure, um, sure. You had three interceptions, including two by Darian Butler. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which was incredible. You had. Uh, a fumble recovery, so four turnovers, mm-hmm, plus mm-hmm. three on turnovers, uh, and almost nearly plus two. Johnny Wilson had a fumble, or no, right. plus no plus two on turnovers, because we had two fumbles. Yes, we did, that's right, yeah. So plus yeah. two on, on turnovers, uh, but almost only plus one, because Jaden Daniels threw an interception that just wasn't called an interception. That wasn't called that, right, right, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, turnovers were were good from the defensive side um Mm -hmm. running game i thought was you know as expected uh the numbers weren't massive but you know the yards per carry were very good i think white white train and both had two touchdowns if i remember right uh yeah you know so both had both both had a rush of at least 20 yards yeah yeah i mean that, that looked strong as you would expect it to look um and, and, you know, as a result of kind of we, we jumped it up to an early lead and were able to run the ball at will, it kind of felt like the last two games of last year, we didn't throw it that much. Uh, if I, I I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but what was Daniel's attempts? 12. 12? That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. So, 12. Bourget uh, you know, was like, 3 of 5. Pearsall, 1 of 1. Uh, and Daniel's 10 of 12 right. for 132 yards. Right, right. So very limited, you know, and, and that... I mean, if that recipe works, you're happy, um, and it did work in this game. But there's gonna be games where it's not gonna work that well. You know, I read, I read Howler's story yesterday, where he said, you know, well, you know, look, this team they can run the ball like this, and that's true. But you will face better defenses that will take that away and will make you throw it, and you know, great, very much incomplete. Ten of twelve, you know, very solid. But there just wasn't enough there to say, like, okay, the passing game looks great. We'll, we'll find out. Probably not this week, but but in future weeks after that. So the ball did get spread around. Curtis Hodges, Andre Johnson, Ricky Pearsall, L.V. Bunkley-Shelton, Johnny Wilson, Brian Thompson, Rashad White, and Daniel Nada, all with yeah. at least one catch. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, got, I pulled up the numbers since I failed on knowing the 12 attempts. Well, I knew it from memory. I just didn't have it in front of me. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, definitely – Spread around. Same with the rushing attempts. I mean, Daniel not a leading rusher in attempts with 11, seven for White, six for Tradem, six for Daniels. And, you know, that's not a bad balance. I mean, if you can do that roughly over the course of the season, you keep guys fresh, you keep guys healthy, hopefully. And if they're all productive, you know, and, and they were, in this case, you know, five total touchdowns among those guys. Well, um, you, you, and, you know, know it's, happy. it's 24 carries for nearly – uh, 150 yards right across right. your three you running know. backs that's pretty yeah. good not bad not bad you know and Daniels is obviously a threat in the running game I mean I think 
I think uh, you can see that that developed last year. And, you know, I know I read Haller's story yesterday where he talked to the Southern Utah, I think, defensive coordinator, one of their defensive coaches at least. And, you know, he mentioned, like, you know, where, where Daniels really worries you the most is, is a, as a runner. And, you know, is that going to help him be a first-round draft pick? I, I don't know. I mean, it might. Um, but, you know, if it helps us win games, I guess that's the thing. So um, I, I'm not sure Jaden Daniels is ever going to be – and, and maybe this is too early to say, but I'm not sure he's ever going to be the, you know, he can throw it 40 times in a game for, you know, 350 yards and 70% completions. I don't I don't know that. Um, but maybe he doesn't have to be. Maybe this offense, with the way it can run the ball and he can run the ball too, you know, maybe we can be a heavy run team. Yeah. Kind of, you know, an Oregon-style offense under Chip Kelly. Where, yeah. You know, you hit some big plays in the passing game, but – you know, ideally you have, you know, maybe 20 to 25 attempts and, and 50 rushes, you know, or something like that. You know, like, that, that's great if it works out. I, the team is built to do that because you also can rotate running backs. Your quarterback can run. It does set up for, I think, Oregon Light is a is a good comp yeah. that you made. Yeah. You know, because yeah, they, they are not, not, they're not Stanford. You know, no, this isn't the kind no. of, well, we're going to put power two tight yeah. ends, a fullback, and just knock you backwards. This is Seven a... offensive lineman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a spread run game. It's a hurry up, uh, but with a lot of talented backs and a running quarterback. And, you know, like, I mean, it, it makes you worry when you've got a running quarterback and how much you run him if he gets hurt. And, and given our lack of proven depth beyond, beyond him... Um, but, you know, if it if it works, it works. You know, don't don't stray from it just because. Yeah. Um I think the the biggest concern, and there are a, a number of them, but the biggest yeah. concern is special teams. Yeah, you know, DJ Taylor looks yeah. good. Yes he did. Um, yeah. yeah. Which is good. But the kicking game was a disaster. Yeah, boy. Yeah, kickoff out of bounds, missed extra points. Yeah, blocked extra point, missed extra point. uh, And all those were Logan Tyler, I believe. He had the kickoff out of bounds and he had the two missed PATs. Uh, You know, that, and and obviously, I guess the story there is that we might be seeing the return of Christians and Dejas this week, um, who, you know, was going to transfer and kind of forgotten, honestly. And now I guess he's back at ASU. And, you know, we know he's, we know he's limited, but. You know, we know he could hit extra points, and he's not a kickoff guy. I mean, I don't think that solves that problem at all. No, but, but he, you know, what he does, and we've talked about this with him, if you can guarantee, you know, field goals from 40 and in, yeah. which is kind of what he does, and, and, he was, and yeah, good extra yeah. points, I'll take my chances that we'll be okay. If that means I we're agree. going for it, you know, on fourth and seven from the 35 because we don't trust him to make a field goal from there? Yeah, it's fine. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's, it's um, you know, not a lot of college teams have kickers that they can feel good about from 45-plus. So if we have a guy who's rock solid, once we get the ball to the 20, that you feel like, okay, we can come away with points on this drive, then – you know, there are worse fates. Obviously, we've had some really good kickers. You know, yeah. we've had Zane Gonzalez, we had Weber, we had Brandon Reese. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like, but this this just may not be the way it is this year. You know, we got to remember, Logan Tyler was a punter at Florida State. 
So, so I mean, you know, he's done okay. He's been serviceable as a kicker, it appears. But, you know, there's a reason that they didn't have him place kicking and they had him punting. Probably not what he does best. Yeah. So, you know, just going to have to make it work. Yeah, yeah. But that was that was not great. And, and obviously the, the rash of penalties, um, which is a tough one to – you know, I, I know you, I think you did the same thing. Just listen to some of it. Mm-hmm. So neither of us actually saw it. So, you know, of course I'm listening to Tim Healy. You probably were too. And he, you know, he and that crew are a little, you know, they're homers. And, and, and you know, not even a little, say, you know, a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to be nice. Uh, you know, and, and at one point, you know, he and Rap, Ben Rapforce both said something like, you know, boy, these guys are just throwing a flag on every play. Like, okay, Maybe that's the case. Maybe you just had an overeager officiating crew that wanted to, you know, get their, you know, get their arms loosened up for the season by throwing a lot of flags. Uh, but it does make you worry because it was sloppy, you know, do, on defense, on offense. Uh, I mean, it was all across the board, just just mistakes. And, and those are things you can get away with against Southern Utah. You can get away with them against UNLV. Mm-hmm. But the 10 games after that, I'm not so sure. Uh, you know, obviously it was not a great week for the Pac-12, and that's something we can discuss. But, uh, you know, still the competition raises, and you have, you know, what, 13 penalties and a half, wasn't it? Yeah. First half? Uh, that, you know, that's really tough to overcome against a, a competent opponent. Yeah. No, there's, it, there's a, a lot to be desired here uh, yeah. from this yeah. game. Yeah. It, it's one it, of those things where we've talked about it all offseason – you want to start with the two teams we start with because, right, you know, right. you aren't punished by these airs. You know, right, you right. turn the ball over two times, but, you know, their first interception, the one DeAndre Pierce got, was, mm-hmm. you know, just a horrible decision right. uh, on the throw, and then Pierce took it right. back to inside the 10. Right, so, get a touchdown on the first play, and... Yeah, but that was just one thing, and it wasn't overall great for the defense. No, no, it, it just it wasn't to me, given given the expectations for this crew. Uh, you know, fourteen points doesn't look bad, but you know the the total yards allowed, the the time again, the time of possession was was not not great. You know, I mean, like, and and I don't know. You know, I'll admit I didn't follow the entire second half. It was late at night, and I I didn't. You know, but like. You just think we should be able to dominate that stat in a game like this, at least. And and obviously we we didn't. We actually lost it just barely. Yeah, it, it's one of those to me that I I will never know. But w- you know they clearly took the foot off the gas here. Um, sure, and and you expect that you know a, a little. But I uh, you know we didn't. I mean, the, the thing is, game. we didn't dominate. We looked we didn't. okay, but we No, we I mean, didn't the way the dominate. game started, you know, we had two touchdowns within, what, the first seven, eight minutes? Yeah. Um, you know, and I know, I mean, you, you texted me, you know, well, this is, you know, and then, like, they go down and score a touchdown on a drive aided by multiple penalties. Um, then we don't get anything, you know, and it's like, all of a sudden, you're like, hey, are, are we supposed to be up by, you know, 28 points by now, and it's only 13-7? Now, um, again, it was never in doubt. You know, we, we had a three-touchdown lead at the half. We score, you know, I think on the first drive of the second half. I mean, it, you know, it was it was fine in terms of result, but it's certainly, you know, there's there's just a lot of things that you just got to do better. Now, I say this, and, you know, then we saw everything that happened on Saturday. And, you know, like, it could be worse. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we got a 27-point win. Washington lost to a FCS team. Uh, you know, Cal lost to a, a non-Power 5. Uh, Washington State lost to a non-Power 5. You know, so, so like, you know, you could have a much worse situation after week one than we have. But nonetheless, there's things that, that worry you a little. Yeah. No, this was a – look, the, the North was bad. The UCLA looked good. Yes, UCLA was the highlight of the weekend, obviously beating LSU. SC looked good. Now, you know, San Jose State isn't a powerhouse, but they won the Mountain West last year. You know, they they have some expectations. I think that was a a solid win for USC. Utah beat Um, Weber State. Yeah, they did what they were supposed to do. You know, so the South South more so did what it was supposed to do. Colorado beat Northern Colorado. It wasn't, you know, supposed to be any good. And Arizona Uh, Arizona lost to BYU, but BYU's probably better than them, so that's not not a shock. But yeah, the North was you know one and five, and and the one was not impressive. And, and Fresno State's not a terrible program, but Oregon at home, you you don't expect them to be down in the fourth quarter uh, to Fresno State, and they were. Yeah. And then you know they got an interesting game, obviously very interesting against Ohio State this week. Both both Oregon and Ohio State showed showed flaws in Week One. Mm-hmm. But Ohio State's biggest flaw appears to be defending the pass, and I don't know that Oregon can take advantage of that. Yeah, uh, our boy Lathan Ransom with a big, probably illegal but uncalled Sports hit. Fumble slash maybe targeting that wasn't called. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, it was a big play. He, uh, he moved out to corner as the game went along. I found that interesting. Um, uh, you know, they started at least one true freshman at corner, maybe two, and then Ransom ended up kind of getting into the fold there, and, and uh, he started at safety, but then moved and start was playing corner most of the game. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's one of the better defensive backs, and they're they're young. I think they're good, but they're very young in in that, and so we'll we'll see how they hold up. But uh, but yeah, I mean, back to ASU, it, it was uh, you know, it's one to zero, and that's that's all you can say. Um, UNLV this week they lost to Eastern Washington, you know another yeah. another team that lost to an FCS team. So you would again expect this to be a game you can work out some kinks and you know, but just hopefully look smoother because you go on the road week three. Yeah, you know you, you can't have the substitution errors, the penalties, the things like that 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 could cost you very easily against BYU. Yeah, this is to me this is the game where you need to see growth. As a yes. team, like you know, yes. we can't wait for BYU. They, no, you no, because it'll get you on the road. Yeah, I mean, BYU is is obviously a a solid team. I, 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 you know, I don't look at the fact that they beat Arizona and think like, oh wow, BYU looked really good. Um, I mean, they they won by I think eight, so it wasn't like they blew Arizona out. I believe I'm going to say because it it's probably going to end this week. Arizona has the longest losing streak in the nation. Yeah, that in is terms true. of days, man, maybe games as well. Yeah, well, I um, think and, they're know, at. Um, I think they're now at what 13, 14 straight losses. I believe so. Like yeah. Well, they lost. What, what were they? Zero and six last year. Zero and seven. I yeah. can't remember what they finished. Um, and yeah, lost several in a row to end the last year. So I'm enjoying that. Now this week, they, don't they have someone very? Do they have NAU or somebody this week? I think they they've got a what should be a layup. Yeah. Although. As we as we just discussed, the Pac-12 North proved that what should be a layup is not always a layup. Uh, but you know, and it wasn't just the Pac-12. I mean, there were there were upsets of plenty. You know, Georgia Tech lost to Northern Illinois, and 
Uh, you know, it was what uh, Duke lost to Charlotte. I mean, uh, there were a few power conference teams that lost to teams. You know, uh, Illinois lost to UTSA. So North Carolina yeah, you, you dropped to Vitek. North Carolina lost. Yeah, I mean, there there were certainly some surprising results and some. You know, I mean, Vanderbilt got crushed by East Tennessee State. You know, granted, Vandy was terrible last year, but still, it's like wow. You know, there there was a lot of results that made you open your eyes. Like wow, what's what's going on here? Uh, you know, these these games are supposed to be the the buy games for these power conference teams. They're getting they're getting beat. Yeah, it's. Uh... It's going to be interesting. So let, let's turn our attention now to next week in UNLV. Yeah. Um, look, they are not good, and we should win, and it should look very similar to this. They lost uh, 35-33 to Eastern Washington. Yeah. They did not play Tate Martell. Um, no, they did not. Yeah, started Justin Rogers, I believe, mm-hmm. former former TCU quarterback. But then I don't know, honestly, I don't know if he got hurt or just replaced. But he didn't play the entire game. Uh, you know, well, so, Rogers went seven of eleven, but for only twenty three yards. Twenty three yards. I saw that. Yeah, and I I know he was competing for the job with the other kid, Brumfield, mm-hmm. who ended up coming in and and you know his his numbers look mildly impressive, although he threw a pick. Yeah, but he all, he rushed for twenty seven yards. He threw yeah. five of twelve, but one hundred and seventeen yards. One hundred and seventeen yards. Yeah, obviously had had a couple of big throws. They're running back. I'm looking at the stats. Uh, you know, twenty seven carries for one hundred and seventy two yards. So he was he was successful. Um, you know, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a game that we should take care of business. And I totally agree with you. This is a game you want to see progress, even if the the final score is about the same. Or something like that. You just, you know, it needs to look smoother. They cannot do double-digit penalties. No, no, and and you know, two turnovers and I mean, it's stuff like that that it's like just you just can't survive against better teams. Yeah. Um, you know, and and going on the road to BYU, you know, again, that's that's a that's a test. It's a test you should pass if you're going to be the kind of team you're supposed to be, but it's a test, and you know, and. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I agree. This week should be, uh, you know, another chance to work out the kinks. Uh, I know Howler made the point, I think, in his game recap article, or maybe it was the one yesterday that, you know, you had three coaches removed from the team, you know, prior to the season. And, and you know, some of those errors look like maybe a product of, of the coaching staff not all being on the same page. And, you know, that's just got to get better. No other way to say it. If that if that is part of the reason for the struggles, you just got to fix it. Yeah, yeah. The you know, I I think we're gonna win. I think it's going to be comfortable. Yeah, but I would be. expect Daniels to have to play three quarters. Um, yes, and hopefully not have to leave with cramps again. Yeah, that was another bad thing, but it, that yeah, seems solvable. Uh, it does. It does. Yeah, and, and I guess you know, I mean, I will admit, I like I. I already confessed I did not see the second half and so I woke up middle of the night and I'm scanning through Twitter to find out you know how it went I see you know Jaden Daniels is down and I'm thinking oh no you know this is our worst nightmare um and and you know it it turned out okay obviously um you know he he came did he come back in uh he he came back back to the the sidelines yeah and yeah but I think they didn't give him his helmet back if I understand yeah and they, we were up big at that point, so there was no reason to push it, I suppose. But, but uh, you know, yeah, I mean, like, 
it was a sigh of relief to hear that that's all it was. But then at the same time, it was like, as you said, you know, like you can't really can't have that be a consistent issue. That's that's got to be uh, figured out because there's going to be games in the third quarter where it's still hanging in the balance and you need your starting quarterback. Yeah. Um, but I think this game won't be in the balance. I think we're I looking at not. a similar game. Probably, I'm going to call it a little closer. I'm going to say 37-17. Okay. I'll go, I'm tempted to go with the exact same final score just to be, you know, that guy, but I won't. Um, I'll say, I'll say 45-10. to 10. I'm going to, I'm going to err on optimistic that, that we fix some of the penalties, that the defense is, is more dominant and, we, we put a put a hurting on and start to show like all right we we can be this team yeah um overall a, a fun opening weekend it uh, has been last night's game was uh quite a wild one not sure how much of it you saw but it looked like it was over and then all of a sudden it wasn't over yeah the uh the jack cone era Started out great. Yeah, you know, he looked and, good. And yeah, Mackenzie Milton's back after exactly. a doctor said I mean, it was unlikely. Nearly impossible, yeah. I mean, that certainly was a, you know, Hollywood story. True Hollywood story would have been, you know, that they that they won and, you know, he, he throws the game-winning touchdown at the end of the game or something like that. But, uh, you know, hey, that was cool to see him get back in there. And, you know, for, for myself as a Florida State fan, even though I also like Notre Dame, it was nice to see Florida State show a pulse. And, and feel like they could compete. And even, you know, they fell down 38-20, and you thought, eh, probably it. They're going to, you know, roll over and die. And they, they did not. And mm-hmm. and for you and I, we both, I think, have an, an affinity for Mike Norvell. Um, you know, good good to see. You know, they gotta they got to win games. You know, he's, he's yeah. not going to be a legend there by losing close games to top 10 teams. But certainly a big step from the way they looked last year. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's one of the problems – one of the I, not problems. One of the challenges of taking a job like the Florida State job is not a long leash. You no, know? no. So yeah, you know, but but it, it was a big step. But yeah, and I think that's where, like, you know, it's this is nice. People feel good about like, hey, you competed, and there's some good things to feel good about. But you know, you you got to win. Like, you know, yeah. that's the highlight of your year, and it was a rough year. But you can see the talent progressing. You know, watching the way that offense ran with Jordan Travis before Milton came in reminded me a lot of the Taylor Kelly offense at ASU. He's not much of a passer, and Taylor Kelly never was like a traditional pocket passer, but they they scheme guys open, they find ways, you know, he gets out of the pocket, he runs a lot, and I'm, I was watching that and thinking, this, this looks sort of familiar where, you know, you put Jordan Travis in a you know, Alabama offense, and he would look totally out of place. But you put him in this offense, like, yeah, he's a pretty good fit for it. Yeah. Well, and this is one of the things that was a strength of Norvell's as an assistant, was a strength of his at Memphis, is he knows what he's looking for. Uh, Yes. And it, you know, the nice thing with Florida State, as opposed to Memphis, is he'll probably be able to get one of the best two or three guys to fit that mold. As opposed to, you know, the 10th or 11th best guy who fits that mold. Exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. No, I think he's, you know, he's recruited well. I know he's gotten a lot of transfers. You know, he was a big 
big winner of the transfer portal. At least that's what people thought. And, and you know, you, you heard that last night during the game. Oh, this guy, you know, he started at A&M. And this guy started here. And this guy, you know, and, uh, you know, and that, hey, that's the quick way to try to plug some holes and rebuild on the fly. And, uh, you know, so I, it was good to see. But a good win for Notre Dame. You know, they found a way to win. Um, Jack Cohn did look good. Made some good throws down the field. And uh, on a night they didn't really run it all that well, he, he played well. So, you know, uh, I mean, you, you've been exposed to him more than I have. I, I still think he's going to be limited. I don't think they can count on this game in and game out, but he, he held up well in his first game. Yeah, well, the thing that you're looking for with a guy like him is he's not going to lose you games, and right. he might be able to win you a couple. And right. this was one right. that it felt like he, he helped win you. He needed to, to do, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it was, you know, they were down 14-7, they were down 21-17, or 20-17, to 17, I guess, after missed PAT, and, you know, he, he answered back every time, and yeah, it was, it was a good start for them, I mean, you know, it, uh, you know, we saw we saw some teams not be able to, to do that, North Carolina was one, you mentioned them earlier, you know, it just felt like they were stuck in, you know, quicksand, Clemson, uh, you know, I mean, that, that, I think was due to Georgia's incredibly good defense, but you know, they just couldn't get anything going and, and Notre Dame was able to, to get something going and, you know, get the points they needed. Yeah. That to me, that was an interesting, uh, the, you know, you were at the Georgia game, uh, yeah, yeah. but just the way their defense appeared to, uh, just suffocate. It was. That's the right word. That you is, know? That's exactly the word I was thinking. Like, it just, you know, it was a game early on. You felt like, okay, these teams are kind of feeling each other out. They're, you know, and and um, after, you know, after the interception, which was near the end of the half, and or I think it maybe, yeah, like midway through the second quarter, from what I remember. Um, and then Clemson got the ball with maybe like four or five minutes left after Georgia touched it on a punt return accidentally, you know, the blocker, mm-hmm. hit, you know, hit off his foot. Um, Clemson recovers, you know, midfield. They just couldn't do anything with it. And it just, you know, you've seen enough of the game to that point to think, like, they they have nothing they can rely on. The quick passing game isn't working. They tried, you know, the swing passes to the running backs, this, you know, the quick screens. Georgia's so fast. Like, it just was, you know, going side to side was not going to work against them. They, mm-hmm. you know, the downfield passing game wasn't working because they couldn't block. Like, you know, DJ got sacked seven times. Um, you know, and, and it could have been more than that. I mean, they were all over him. They had no running game. Uh, I mean, their, their leading rusher, I think, had one carry. Yeah. <laughs> Lynn, Lynn J. Dixon had one carry for 10 yards, I believe, and that was their leading rusher. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it, was a, uh, it was a tough night. They just couldn't get anything going. And, I mean, I guess in some ways you saw the importance of Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. Um, but at the same time, I think more so you just saw, like, this Georgia defense is really good. They got, they got some men on that defense, and and a lot of names that will probably you know be called on Thursday or Friday of the next couple of NFL drafts, and and you know they're tough, man. I mean, they got five stars all over the place. Yeah, and they'll just keep going. You yeah, that's the thing yes. with this. I mean, that, it, they, it, you know, we've talked about this in in innumerable sports contexts, but defense travels, defense doesn't quit. Does. And that's a way to win the SEC, you know, yeah, if they can yeah. keep this going. I mean, your your mind already, and it's it's way early, way, way, way early, but your mind already goes to, 
Georgia facing Alabama, given how good Alabama's offense looked in week one and how good they've looked for, you know, multiple years now. But, you know, they lost a lot. Didn't seem like they missed a beat from what I saw. You know, I mean, new quarterback, new running backs, new receivers, didn't matter. Um, and then Georgia, how good their defense. Exactly. Same, you know, just marching it up and down the field. But then Georgia's defense looks so good. And, you know, I mean, I think the big thing for Georgia is – that receiving core is pretty banged up right now. Pickens is going to miss probably the first half of the year. The tight end, Darnell Washington, missed the game. Uh, Kiaris Jackson played, but he was injured in preseason, so he didn't look great. Uh, you know, if they get healthy, if, if, if Gilbert, the, the tight end slash receiver, the kid from LSU, if he comes back, that seems iffy um, given his personal stuff. But, you know, they could be loaded. And if they can get their offense rolling, they can win the national championship. Yeah, but uh, you know, can you win a title playing that style? That's the million-dollar question. Uh, it was a very impressive in that game, but if you get against Alabama or Ohio State, two teams whose offenses look like they are otherworldly, you know, like can, you got to be you able to score. Them? You do because you're, you know, even if you play great defense, they're probably going to score 24, 28 points. So mm-hmm. you know, ten points with seven of those coming off defense is not going to get it done. Uh, so, you know, but again, we got a long ways to go. Georgia's got, you know, they got Florida still. They got uh, Auburn on the road. Alabama's got A&M on the road, Florida on the road, as we know. So, I mean, there's there's a ways to go before that potential meeting. But, you know, you, you can't help, I think, as a as a fan and seeing what those two teams did in week one. Think, like, boy, that'd be a fun matchup to see, that yeah. offense against that defense. Absolutely. And what a what a weird world that we don't, you know, it's Georgia's defense and Alabama's offense. I know, I know <laughs> yeah. Now, we say that. Alabama's defense probably pretty good this year, too. Yeah. I know they had a guy get hurt week one, you know, Chris Allen, one of their linebackers, and he might be out for the year. But they're still loaded on defense, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I think the hope, if you don't want to see Alabama, you know, again, is that their offense would struggle, you know, new coach and, no Mac Jones, no Najee Harris, no Devontae Smith, no Jalen Waddle. Well, you know, week one does not fill you with hope that that's actually going to happen. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, where I thought you were going was, well, remember those old Alabama teams with that defense were Kirby Smart. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. You're right. Yes, yes. I mean, you can tell that's, that's still, I, I mean, I think if you, you know, if you hooked up Kirby Smart to a lie detector and said, would you would you rather win a game ten three or you know thirty seven thirty one? He'd take that ten three game every time. That's the way he wants to play, and he, you know I, I think that's in his in his blood. Uh, and if it if it works like it did on Saturday night, great. But I just I don't know. You 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 got to have a little bit of potency on offense, and I, I mean they've got the talent. Those four running backs of theirs are all good, and if they get the receiving core healthy. And they're loaded at receiver too, mm-hmm. so like there's no excuse why they shouldn't be better on offense. And I think they they played that game as it unfolded. They got more and more conservative because I think they realized like we can stop Clemson every time. We don't need to just don't give them a turnover. Don't make a mistake that changes this game. Uh, but you know they got to be able to open it up too at, at some point. Yeah, a hundred percent. Look, but, they're not going to yeah. win. They're not going to win the national title averaging. 14 points a game. 10 points. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scoring one field goal, basically, as, as an offense. Yeah. Now, they did miss another field goal that was a 
kind of a chip shot, got Coleman, um, you know, and they, they ended the game at the 10 yard line, obviously we're in position to score, and, you know, ran out the clock and, you know, so it, it, the number's a little misleading. They got, I mean, here's the thing for their offensive struggles, quote unquote, they got the ball back with, I think, you know, four minutes to go and, and you knew they were going to run it and they ran it and they got three first downs and never gave the ball back. And, you know, if you can do that, you know, that's going to help you win a lot of games. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so one week in, overreaction theater, you want to change any of your preseason picks? Uh, well, I, you know, I'm not loving that Wisconsin over Ohio State pick right now, um, but I'm not going to change it. So, you know, nobody's done after week one. You know, mm-hmm. like, like that's, that's the thing to keep in mind. I, I read, I think it was Mandel, you know, tweeted something about, remember last year's week one, we were talking about Joe Milton as a Heisman candidate at Michigan. And he, you know, he listed like two or three other things. It's like, yeah, that, that does enlighten you as to like, yeah, you know, there's going to be some results. I, I texted you Saturday night about the LSU UCLA game and basically said like, could this be one of those, you know, fluky results that we look back on at the end of October? And like, how did that happen? How did UCLA, who's now, you know, three and four beat LSU who's now seven and one going into their Alabama game or something. Yeah. It's, it's very possible. Um, but yeah, the Wisconsin Ohio state one, given that Wisconsin's offense did not look very good from what I saw. And I was able to watch some of it, uh, that did, you know, I'm not loving that pick. Yeah. How about you? And he went back. Uh, I, I think that my North champion winning the pac 12, I, I'm I, I'm a little <laughs> concerned about that. I'm, I'm I'm still staying with that. We both picked Oregon, right? Yeah. Well, and I, mean, I, I and I, I still think Oregon will be the North champion. I do too. Uh, I yeah. just yeah yeah. I mean, you're right. You know, certainly USC and UCLA both look good. Probably the best of anybody in the conference. You well, know, and, and UCLA's win is the most impressive. No no doubt about that. Well, and all five South teams did what they were yeah. supposed to do. Right, you know. right, yeah. I mean, you're right. It, it, you know. Now again, it, I I think so. Of Washington, Washington State, and Cal, they all three lost a non. You know. Did I lose like, you? At least one yeah. of those results will yeah. be at the end of the year. Will be like, how did that happen? Like, man, that team was actually pretty good. How did they? How did they lose that game? Yeah. Um, I Washington would be my pick for that because they were supposed to be the best. Cal, though, too, like. Nevada might not be bad. I mean, that, that is one thing. Like, Nevada's got a quarterback that people really like, and maybe Nevada's actually a pretty good team. Uh, but but still, you know, I think we're going to look back at those results, at least one of them, and think, like, geez, that was really an outlier. How'd they lose that week one game? Yeah. Well, we'll find out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's, it's, that's uh, the fun of this, is we're now in the is. window where we're going to learn these things. Yes, we are, yes. I, I'll tell you what, I, I loved the, you know, Saturday night as the games were winding down. I got back from seeing Clemson, Georgia, saw the LSU-UCLA end, and, I, and the first thing I thought was, i got to go check the schedule for next week and see who's playing when and what networks they're on. I thought, that, that to me is college football at its very best. A long Saturday just came to an end, and it's like, Give me more. Tell mm-hmm. me what's on in six days. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, we'll be back. We'll talk about what happens with uh, this San Diego State game, or I mean UNLV game. We'll talk UNLV, about yes, the running reps. Yeah, yes, we'll yes. talk about what happens as uh, the NFL starts to unwind. It's That's long, right. even longer season. That's right. 
biggest season ever, whatever they're marketing it as, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so, yeah, yeah, here we go, 17 games. But uh, until next time, he's Matt, I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.